Today's guests, Danielle DeGrassi and Ken Mossman, have been married for 28 years now, and they've learned a few things along the way. See, even though they are radically different people from different ethnicities and faith backgrounds, and in many other ways, they've learned to embrace each other and grow closer. Today, they share some of their story. The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins now. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Every couple wants to have a great marriage, but the trials and challenges of life pull us in different directions. So we talk with amazing couples who share their stories and incredible experts who share their wisdom about building a life together. And at the end of every show, we give you a conversation starter so you and your spouse can build more intimacy and connection in your marriage by having conversations that matter. Welcome to episode 134 of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're your hosts, Danielle and Justin. hey Yeah, we're coming to you live from summer vacation, a oh, rainy yes. day that we much needed. On to... the back porch slash podcast studio at Danielle's parents' house because yeah. it is pouring rain out and we've closed up the... Annex. The Annex, the Legendary (laughs) Marriage Mobile Command Center, or as we like to call it. Or just our pop-up camper, whatever. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's really just a pop-up camper. It's not that fancy. Well, we like to to claim it as part of the But it is a great pop-up camper. All right, well, summertime. We had a lot of fun with that already. I know, we have. We're We're just getting started on the summer's adventures. I know. We uh, already were camping in Branson, Missouri, which is beautiful. Had some fun there, and then we're headed out. If y'all haven't checked out Silver Dollar City, it is so fun and family-friendly and... Like it's just it's great. I it's feel so like great. We were on a Norman Rockwell. Oh my like, gosh! Postcard. Yeah, it was like so idyllic. Yeah. All right. So, have you heard of Legendary Marriage Tribe yet? What? Well, we have actually launched Legendary Marriage Tribe. It is official. We have people in there. We are having fun. We are building our marriages even more through coaching, online courses, awesome resources. And a super supportive, amazing community of Legendary Marriage Tribe members. Yeah. So here's the deal. Most people, or many people, can't afford hundreds or thousands of dollars a month to hire coaches or counselors or whatever. So we wanted to create something that took away some of the barriers, the time, the money, the energy barriers, to couples getting the help that they want. So we've launched Tribe. It is $27 a month. Crazy deal. So right? if you're weekly coaching calls, online courses, downloadable resources, experts. and an amazing community of other men and women who are trying to build great marriages to stand with you and support you. All right. So, so check it out at legendarymarriage.com slash tribe. All right, All right. So we want to get to Ken and Danielle. I know we talk about it on the show, but it's super cool that we have double the Danielles in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> They've been married for 28 years, and they share all about the ups and downs of getting to know a new family with yes. different backgrounds, different faiths, and how they brought it all together. So let's get to our conversation with Danielle and Ken. All right, we are with... 
Ken Mossman and his lovely wife, Danielle Degrassi. There's yeah. another Danielle in the There's room. There's two Danielles on the show today, and uh, it's, it's just twice the awesome. Danielle and Ken have been married for almost 28 years. Ken is a CTI faculty, uh, a coach and a facilitator of helping other people become coaches. And uh, one of my mentors from years ago, I went through one of the courses and Ken was one of the first instructors that uh, I got to meet. And I was like, whoa, all right. He hooked you in. Yeah. He's the real deal. Yeah. All right, you guys, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Okay. I said this before we went on, but I'm pretty sure the universe may implode at any moment with two Danielles in the same space. That never, ever Ever. I'm talking about never happens, honey, at least to me. Danny, honey, you are so humble. <laughs> what do you mean? Okay. So, Danielle, have you experienced that too? That you just never, ever meet any Danielles? It's really rare. Okay. As a kid, I always thought it was very weird. Like, people were like, Do you like your name? It's so unique. And honestly, I didn't want to be unique when I was a kid. I just wanted to be like everyone else. Like, a lot of my friends, I had Amy's and Jessica's and Jennifer's, and I just wanted to have a normal name. Like, how about you? Other way around. <laughs> <laughs> I was born and Kathleen, christened Kathleen, and I just didn't, I, I just didn't want to be one of 10 Kathys and I wanted to be unique. So when I was confirmed, I picked Danielle because I didn't know anyone with that name. Fast forward to college, I would be shopping and I'd hear someone calling Danielle, Danielle. And it was always this little six or seven year old girl running around. (laughs) That that was when it became, Danielle and Nicole became popular names. Oh, I see. You know what? Like, that's interesting that you bring that up because anytime I hear yelled in a crowd, Danielle, I know it's me. I know it's me for sure. Like, it's not usually because you're the one making trouble. All right. So you guys, like, I wonder, how did y'all grow up as kids? So Danielle, you said, like, as a kid, you wanted to be unique. You didn't want to be another Kathleen. Like, tell me about your childhood. Like, what did it look like growing up? Did you have siblings? And what were your parents like? I'm the oldest of five, Italian, Catholic. Well, there's some Irish and English in there too. Uh, Lots of responsibility, parentified child parochial school, um, yeah, lots of responsibility, duty, obligation, a lot of things that I had to work to undo um, as I got older, still working on it. I'm big on duty and obligation. (laughs) Now, what had you, what had you taking on the parent role? It was pretty common. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it's like you stand up for your brothers and sisters. I mean, my, I had an Italian father. And it's like, you're the oldest, you make sure everything's okay for the youngest uh, or whoever's coming up behind you. Um, you stick up for family. Um, and when you have that many kids, you leave the most responsible one in charge when you have to go do something. It wasn't, my parents were always present. It, it wasn't like they were leaving the house or you know, saying it's all your responsibility, but a lot of responsibility was handed over. You have Irish twins, you know, 18 months apart. You, you give 
at summertime, you get that one up and change their diaper. I'll get this one up. You feed that one. I'll feed this one. Dad's at work. Did a lot of traveling. So um, he did. So there is a lot of work to be handed out. So like the laundry's done, fold the laundry. I I, I don't know how else to put it. It's just like there's a task that needs to be done. You're part of the family. It's your duty to do what has to be done. Hmm. There's not- that's a I wonder if that's a generational thing too, because my mom, I, I think she was born in I'm just gonna give this away. I give away her age, but she was born in the Beep. early <laughs> 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 and she, and she had a lot of the responsibilities of raising her sister. And, you know, like I always asked, like, when did you learn how to cook? And when did you learn how to like clean the house and stuff? And she was like, I, I don't know. I was so young. She's like probably as young as your girls. And they're, my oldest is in first grade. So, I mean, she is, uh, she took on parental roles at a very young age. And like See, you said, how old was, is she? She's in her uh, mid sixties. Okay. So we're practically the same generation so yeah yeah Yeah, so it just it seemed to her like like you're saying it was just kind of normal and I don't know if maybe because families were bigger or you just needed to take on your responsibility or has it shifted now it's like it's like we just our children are so delicate that we have to like (laughs) do everything for them I don't know I think it's harder to teach your kids those responsibilities if you don't start them really early. Um, And I mean, we only have one, but it's like, it's really difficult when you're so used to doing that kind of a thing to teach somebody else to do it because I come from, I happen to be a bit of a perfectionist. So it's like, okay, I want to do it my way. So I'll, So I'll just do it. (laughs) This is new information to Ken. He's just learning this after 28 years. I'm shocked. The joke is that some, anybody else can set the table and I'll go around and like fix it. It's it's terrible. Um, But I also, I I have a sense of humor about it at this point, but yeah, I guess you're right. It's a generational thing that people of our generation were asked to, you know, here's the I other it's thing. Also, the influence of the first of your dad being first, first, first generation, generation American. Yeah, I think that's also. I think that also plays into it, and the traditional family. Right. The mom stayed home. My mom didn't work once she had kids. Um, you know, she was college educated. Um, pretty. Both my parents were. My dad has had his masters, um, but they they did go into traditional roles and it wasn't like if like it is now with both parents working most of the time it's a the the whole dynamic is different um and again if you have smaller kit if you have smaller families you're not having to load as many duties onto right one or two children it's like you're they're just responsible for themselves more than anything else yeah you don't have to load as many duties on one hand on the other hand you get to bequeath upon them 
every single one of your neuroses. neuroses. <laughs> yeah. so I was going to ask, do you feel like those expectations, that level of, of engagement uh, has served you well, has, has like shaped you in positive ways? It's a mixed blessing. Sure. Uh, you know, I think it's certainly, I'm, that's where I've gotten my work ethic from which tends to be a little too much of a work ethic. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have to learn how to play and how to make space mm. for myself, uh, which has been a journey probably over the last, since we've lived in this area. And before that, I was completely and totally absorbed by work. And then for a couple, at that point, mm -hmm. our son was only three or so when we moved. So you know, it's pulling him out of daycare and then spending most of my time with him the first couple of months up here. And it was a big shift because I went from a career to mom jobs them. and, yeah. mom, you know, mom them and jobs as opposed to, yeah. But, you know, no, it, there's no amount of preparation that prepares you for having a small child that you're responsible for. Like, no matter what anybody says, it's just a, I was going to say shit show, but we should probably, well, at least for me, it was. <laughs> it, it can be. And leave my mom's birthday on too. Yeah. Uh, so, you, so Ken, how about you? How did you grow up? What was your uh, childhood like? In many ways, our, there's a lot of parallels between our, our childhoods, uh, even though they were on, the, uh, even though they were very different. And you know, I am, I am the third of four. There's, there's two sisters and my, my brother. Um, we grew up in, you know, growing up in uh, suburban New Jersey, you know, stone's throw from 20, 20 to 30 minutes from Manhattan. Um, in many ways, the, I wouldn't say idyllic suburban upbringing, but, you know, all the hallmarks were there in terms of my, you know, my family's history, my father's side, Eastern European. Um, his mom was born in my, 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 my uh, paternal grandmother was, was born in Eastern Europe. Uh, Poland or Russia, depending on who won the last war. Um, mm -hmm. his, his, uh, he was raised primarily, as he tells it, he was raised primarily by his, his grandmother, who sounds like, a, sounds like an amazing woman, uh, spoke, spoke seven languages fluently. She was the one who wow. came over from, yeah, she was the one who came over uh, on the boat you know, with, with my with uh, the kids, with the kids. Yeah. My mom's family, uh, roots in, uh, uh, also European roots, uh, Dutch, German, uh, you know, Dutch, Dutch, German Jews. Danielle's saying like, there's this strong Italian, and you're sharing, uh, you know, about, you know, Jewish and German and Dutch. And I'm just wondering like, Russian how Polish. does that, and Polish and Russian, like, do you find that any of that kind of translates into your ethos that you live out now? Like, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's because my parents used to do this. Well, I think there's, there's, the, there's of course, the parental influence and the, and the generational influence. 
on the one hand. On the other hand, I think we are so completely mutts. I was going to go there. Yeah. Our, yeah. Our, our son is a mutt and our family is mutt. I mean, you've got an Italian, basically an Italian, Irish, Italian, Catholic, and a mutt, European. A European mutt Jew um, yeah. raising a son who's, you know, completely mixed. Although we are raising him in the Jewish tradition. Yeah. I, I didn't convert or anything. It's it we're just belong to a reformed temple, but um, yeah, it's, and he's 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 got is <laughs> is a uh, uh, fire red hair, blue eyed, and looks uh, and he can very Jewish, very He looks totally Scots if you look at him carefully, and he could and he could be dropped. I mean, he could uh, one of our uh, one of our, our our nieces. Our nieces by marriage is um is is Irish, <laughs> like off the boat Irish. And said to him, "You know, they're, they're they film uh, they film Vikings in my in, town, in the town that I came from. And if, I'm telling you, if you got on a plane, and she's talking to Kai, if you got on a plane right now with your hair and your beard, if you got on a plane right now and flew and flew to Ireland, y- y- you'd get a part." <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh, that would be amazing. His hair was about down. Yeah, his, hair. His, hair, his hair was, well, was way beyond shoulder. Strikes me is. Just the way you two are talking about race and faith and religion and everything, it, it this is not disparaging in any way. It, it, you guys have a very, um, you both grew up on the East Coast or, or a whole lot Easter than Northwest Ohio where we grew up. Yeah. And it, 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 there's, a, there's just a, a pragmatism about the way that, that you talk about that stuff. We, it's really interesting. Yeah, funny, it's funny we're, you mentioned we're that. We're metropolitan, too. So you have to, you know, my parents. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, was, we're New York and New Jersey. I mean, that's yeah. where I yeah, think, we grew up in the shadow of the apple. Yeah. I mean, my parents were both, my dad was Manhattan, Queens and Manhattan. My mom was Brooklyn. Um, mm. His parents were Newark and, Newark and uh, um, Yonkers and that yeah. area. Um, so it's much more of a melded community. And the other thing you have to remember is actually a lot of the values in Judaism, Catholicism, certainly Italian, and to some extent Irish, um, that there's a values of family values mm-hmm. core yep. there that all of those cultures have in common. And a lot of times they were in neighborhoods next to each other if you were in the city, you know? And yeah. sometimes it was slightly mixed. It was like more Italian, a little bit of Irish, a lot of Irish, a little bit of Italian, Pole, you know, it, Catholic, you know. I love how you're talking about like like the the be, like the best kind of melting pot kind of situation. I yeah. know my grandmother, I mean, my family's out on the East Coast too. Jersey, Philly, like they're they're out in that area. And my grandmother, God rest her soul, she's passed away a little bit ago, but she definitely had, what's the word? Nicknames for every ethnicity of people. And I was like, and I the way she would say them was almost just with love. It was like, it wasn't disparaging. And you're like, like, "Hmm." is that okay? Like, can you you say, like, I know I can't say that. Is that okay? No, I think there's another, there's a, a there, there's other pieces in here as well. And that is, 
you know, what I know of what I got to, what I came to know very, very quickly about Danielle's folks uh, is, is that um, even though Ray, Daniel, God bless him, uh, Ray, Daniel's dad, uh, could, um, in many ways, he could talk a good game. But the truth of the matter was, you know, when push came to shove, they were incredibly uh, tolerant and, and loving people. I never got the impression that I was being, you know, I never, I, I never got the impression that I was being judged. And, and I think that's, and I think that the same thing could be said, not necessarily for my entire family, but for my entire nuclear family. I don't think there was ever a sense that you were. I would say if there was judgment, we both passed. We both passed. Because yeah. definitely with, certainly with my father it's like you had to you you had to pass the test the right but once test. once you were a member of a family you were family and he might disagree with you um and we can go into some of oh my god the italian the but, italian family thing okay so justin's mother is full-on italian so i i get the, italian I, polish okay yeah what yeah. okay that's crazy yeah. Um, but there was a moment like when we first met, like, I don't know if you have a lot, I'm sure you have a lot of history with Italian food and like what really is Italian and what is not Italian. And she, I came over to their house and I always cut my spaghetti. Like that's just (gasps) what I do. And you would have thought I stabbed her in her ever loving heart. You would have thought I just killed her. I mean, Danielle, left her my bleeding mom out on gave the floor. her gave you the hairiest eye you can possibly imagine. And this is when we were first starting to be together. It was just like it was. It was a no go. And my brother, who follows in mom's footsteps. To this day, like basically threw his silverware down and almost pulled himself away from the table and walked away. <laughs> like this girl's a no go. Like she's out. So I, whatever the test was, and I did not pass the test. Uh, <laughs> that would not have happened in our house. Honestly, you would not have been judged for how you ate spaghetti. Oh, get the reaction from people who have serious ideas about how your food should be eaten. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just roll it up on the fork, slurp it all you have to. But okay. All right. Just wear a bib or just don't wear anything white. Yeah. Okay. So we have to get to this Ray test, but I want to yeah. know how did you guys meet, first of all? Because we always love to hear the stories of how y'all met. So this is a, this is actually really it's fun. It's a good story. This is a great story. It's a blind date. Yeah. So my sister, um, my sister was teaching an aerobics class. I was living in Jersey City at the time. Danielle was down in Freehold, and Marjorie, my older sister, was down in Freehold as well. And Marjorie was teaching an aerobics class. And at one point, she mm-hmm. said to me, "I had been." I have to preface this by saying, I had been on a few blind dates uh, to the point where I had been on a few too many blind dates, mm. and uh, uh, that were set up by other other friends. Yeah. And oh, the story! We could spend an hour just telling. We don't them. want to go. We don't. We don't want to. But they're no. fascinating. Anyway. So I had kind of sworn off a blind date thing. And uh, oh, so it kind of made you bitter towards blind dating. Like you were over it. I wouldn't, that's not, I, not I wouldn't bitter. use the word bitter. I would say extraordinarily skeptical, bumping With, up against cynicism. Um, um, serious um, avoidance issues. <laughs> <laughs> 
I had lost my enthusiasm. Let's just say that for the blind date. And uh, my sister reaches out to me and says, um, "You know, I've got, I've, I've got, you know, there's some. I have some, 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 some women in my aerobics classes that remind me of your friends." And I thought, well, you know, first of all, she's my sister, so zero credibility um, because she's my sister. And um, so I said to her, "You know, here's the deal." <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm kind of done with the blind date thing. Um, and uh, you've got to so, be in good shape, though, Ken. So you got to know that if they're in the aerobics class, you yeah. they might be pretty tight, you know? Might, they, they could be. That did turn out to be the case. But, um, <laughs> well, there was one kid, there's one key piece in that my, my roommate at the time and I used to throw an annual party. And my, my, there was a woman that I was seeing off, off and on. And the bottom line was she was going to be at, 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 at the party that my roommate and I were throwing that particular year. And uh, my sister decided that because Danielle reminded her of my friends, that she would simply invite Danielle to my party. And uh, she had to uninvite me. She, and, she, and she told me. Oh. And I, <laughs> So I yeah. said, that's fine. That's fine. So Danielle's thinking, Danielle's thinking, oh God, damaged goods. Here yeah, we go. Yeah, exactly. It was like another damaged male. Not interested. Okay. Crisis. Uh, yeah. And, 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 and I, I said to Marjorie, I said to Marjorie, look, here's the deal. I've been on, I, I kind of done, I'm kind of done with the blind date thing. If, you know, if she wants to call me, that's great, but I'm kind of done with the blind date thing. So go ahead, give her my, you know, Give her my give her my phone number, and if she wants to call, she can call. So uh, fast forward a few weeks, she she calls and leaves a message on our uh, answering machine, and Danielle leaves a message, and my roommate, who uh, whose whose ideal woman was very girly, you know, soft and soft and girly. <laughs> my tastes were slightly different and which made us great roommates and uh among other things and 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 he says to me he says to me uh he, we listened to the recording together you know because we always checked our we, we were out somewhere and came in and there was this message and we listened to the to the recording together and i'm thinking wow you know she sounds kind of interesting i'm thinking to myself and danny my roommate <laughs> says to me I don't know, Mossy. She sounds kind of aggressive. She sounds kind of strong. And, and <laughs> I thought you were going to say you could delete. <laughs> yeah, Me Too movement. We have there are assertive women on the planet. I was yeah. 28 years old at the time. I was like, yeah, we were both 28. Yeah, I was like business. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Hi, this is me. This is my name. Your sister gave me your number. If you're interested in calling me back, great. If you're not, that's fine too. Here's my number. <laughs> oh, you're playing it coy. I yeah. see. <laughs> she was just being real. She was just, being, yeah. she was just being herself. And and my and and after Danny said to me, you know, it sounds kind of strong. It sounds kind of aggressive. I, you know, my 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 thought was like, and the problem with that is, you know, yeah, yeah, bring yeah. it on. Yeah, exactly. Hey there, it's Danielle and Justin. We'll get back to this week's show in just a moment, but we are super excited to share a brand new opportunity for you to invest in your marriage. I mean, you've got a good life, great kids, a nice job, a nice house, but you find yourself stuck 
in the roommate zone. Dun, dun, dun. You know the roommate zone, right? Oh, yeah. It's that place where you're wrapped up in the business of life and the busyness and missing real intimacy and connection. It's a lousy place to be. And eventually it leads to a crisis. And the truth is, isolation, that's the enemy. Every couple struggles sometimes, and we all need the coaching, resources, and community to come around and support us. Now, we realize not everyone can afford personal coaching or counseling. And so we wanted to make it super easy for everyone to be able to invest consistently in their marriage and get the coaching and the resources and the support they need and have some fun along the way. Of course. That's why we've created Legendary Marriage Tribe. You can get transformational life coaching, awesome online training and resources, and of course, a powerful community that will support and encourage you. So if you're ready to transform your marriage and your family forever, find out more over at legendarymarriage.com slash tribe. Now back to the show. And now because I was done with the whole blind date thing, I was, I was playing it totally come as you are. I dressed as myself, including moth eaten hat, moth eaten wool and hat, his old <laughs> jacket because he was an instructor at Jackson Hall. So I it was love like, that jacket. it was a dear possession <laughs> that had seen way too many years of dirt <laughs> And And you're like, check, please. I know we didn't order anything yet, but I'm on it. (laughs) Well, he he picked me up at my apartment. So I just said, I was like, all right, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, we went out. And the the long and short of it is we went out to, uh, we went out to a restaurant in Red Bank, New Jersey. And um, closed it. And and we closed the joint down. We we talked until they pulled out the vacuum cleaner. Until they pulled out the vacuum cleaner. (laughs) Right by the table. (laughs) They're basically stuck off the floor with a vacuum cleaner, and we took that as our hint to to leave, and um, and and just had a great time. You know, uh, a week later, we we went on our second date, um, which was really fun. We went running. Danielle came up to Jersey City. We went running, and uh, and had had dinner and took, rode the the Staten Island ferry. Yeah. Had dinner in Manhattan. Aww. And and talked about and this is part of it too because I was at this point you know both of us keep in mind both of us are twenty eight you know uh, it, it was it was neither of it wasn't first rodeo for either of us in terms yeah. of dating that's for sure neither of us had been married but it wasn't our first rodeo in terms of dating and um, and we talked about on our second date uh, not only did we go for a run um, and do all these other things which were really really fun. You know, we talked about stuff that mattered. We talked about marriage, religion, and children. Wow. Mm. That's pretty early. Well, you know, I, I was... You had made up his mind about wanting a Jewish wife. <laughs> and that actually came up on the third date because it was Passover and Easter at the same time, and we were shopping, and he was making dinner for... This was the first dinner he made mm-hmm. for me. He was Renaissance man, you know, had been a... Cooks, Baker, chef, chef, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that kind Ooh, of thing. Oh, yeah. So, which was one of my requirements. Oh, yeah. that's a good one. It was. Because it's like, I knew what it was like to cook every night, and I knew I didn't want to do it. You know, yeah. I wanted someone else to share the load. Um, and when I see, when I'm with friends who's like one spouse totally takes care of that, it's just like, how do you do that? 
you know, I'd be ordering out half the nights of the week just because I didn't want to do or making yeah. like, well, what I do is my, my trick is make enough for two nights, but I can't. I have a 20 year old male living in the house. I could cook for 15 people and they'll <laughs> still be gone for one night. Which we do quite often. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so there's, you know, just in terms of, so that, that was how, how so you were saying you wanted a Jewish woman. I had decided among other things that I had decided among other things that, all right, you know, I know I want to, uh, I know I want kids. I know it's important to me probably more culturally than, than actually, uh, spiritually or religiously, but culturally there was, there was something that was very much and continues to be, there's something that's very much continues to be, um, important to me in that regard. Um, but I mean, that was the direction I wanted to go. And, you know, again, second date, marriage, religion, and children. If we're going to, if we're going to, if we're going to go anywhere with this, then, you know, let, yeah. let's, 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 let's talk about it from the get go or, or, or this can or be a ties and move on. Yeah. This could be a short interview. And here we are, you know, <laughs> about to celebrate our 20th wedding anniversary. We were 20th. at the 28th, 28th wedding. It's the only first seven. date I ever remembered. Likewise. Oh. Yeah. yeah likewise. It was like, it wasn't something that, you know, I, and it wasn't something that I wasn't big on celebrating like every month or every year or that that was our first date. Just for so, so we get to have stuff. two anniversaries. We have the anniversary of our first date. So Danielle, how did that land with you when he was saying that, you know, his Jewish faith was really important and he wanted a Jewish wife? And what was your reaction? Well, I actually was one of the, I think I brought it up because his sisters told me, I didn't know this. And I was, we were with his sisters at the Jersey Shore at one point, and he, they, they had said, oh yeah, well, Ken said he was only going to date Jewish women from now on. So that came up in, during the Passover Easter date. Um, and I just said, just so you know, you know, I don't want to waste a lot of time here. So I'm not ever going to convert. I said, it may happen someday along, you know, if I, if the spirit moves me, but I'm a non-practicing Catholic and I don't want to be Jewish. And, you know, when it comes to children, I actually believe that you raise them in a faith. I'm not, you know, it doesn't have to be a particular faith. I just think it helps to be raised that way. If nothing else, to be able to relate to other people who are raised in a faith. And then, it, it, you know, when you come of age, you choose what you want to do with it. You want it, you want to hold on to it. Great. You don't want to hold on to it. I, you know, in my experience, a lot of people have found that that's where they can gain strength or support when they've had times of trouble. It doesn't work for everybody. It's never been in terms of Catholicism, especially uh, important to me, but I went through 13 years of parochial education and that was the other thing. It's like when I met Ken, he's like, you know more about my faith sometimes Some ways, yeah, than, than I, I do, I ah. because it's, you know, it's the roots of Christian tradition yeah. are, are in Judaism. Um, however, I have found, at least in my experience, the Jewish value of community mm. seems to be a whole lot stronger than the yeah. Catholic value in that most grew up, that, that grew I grew up, up with, with yeah. the exception of a church that I turned my parents on to when I was in high school. And by that time, like I said, it was great, but I had, you know, I, I went through an agnostic phase and then said, yeah, this is just, you know, I, I 
it's not my thing. But well, you you point at something that I think I think a lot of parents listening we tend to forget when we're in the middle of of that of of the how do we raise our kids in faith and everything and, and i think it is there is a, a a kid has his own his or her own hero's journey when it comes to their relationship with faith with god in yeah. whatever variant uh, or perspective they're looking at it through like i know i did and I, I like what you're saying too danielle it's like it helps to set your foundation on some sort of track so that, you know, if you want to agree with certain things or deviate here or there, at least you have solid footing yeah, yeah. to like make decisions from that place. You don't it's feel like you're like floating in the air. It's a, it's just a comparative space. Yeah. If yeah. you have nothing in your own experience to compare, then where do you start making your judgment? I mean, we can go down this path with other other areas that you could do it with education you could do you know it's Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different areas and i have to say that you know i've watched in this country when you look at where religious um focus was when i was growing up you know and when i say i was growing up we're really talking the 60s and the early 70s Mm -hmm. and when you know, and what's going on now, it's phenomenally, the focus is really different. And, you know, it's, it's like... In the culture. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, <clears throat> when I was in sixth and seventh grade, public schools, girls finally got the right to wear pants to school when they were in seventh. You know, I think it was when I was in seventh. In public school? In, or in, in public in, school. No, I couldn't until high school, uh, but um, I had to wear a uniform because it was pro. You, you were in a tough part of Jersey, sister. But no, Jody will tell you what they, wow. you know, they... Was, I remember the days of the... Yeah, I remember Mar- Marjorie had to deal with dress codes and we did not. And yeah. The difference is only five years. Yeah, it, things shift. So, I mean, people went to church, people dressed up for Easter. Some people do now, but really not a lot. You know, now I'm wondering, like, it sounds like you guys were immediately like trying to evaluate, like, is this a person that I'm really going to be able to spend the rest of my life with, you know, with religious differences and things like that? Like, did have the flavor of a job interview? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you're just educated people. You got to know what you're getting into. And I'm wondering, like, how did you design, like, your life together because obviously yeah. you decided hey this is something worth pursuing like how did you guys move forward and just yeah. say hey this is going to work well, there's i think well, there's a lot in there's a lot in there but you know one of the things mm-hmm. that that i would say right away is that we always um we always talked like there was never i cannot think of a single moment in our relationship where we skirted much of anything mm-hmm. in terms of in terms of what we were willing to uh what we are we still you know in terms of what we're willing to have conversation about mm-hmm. so so there was never it's, it, you know this is this is fascinating um <clears throat> i think it is fascinating because in many ways <laughs> you know one of the things i say about our relationship is that it it you know, it, it, it would, it wouldn't make good television. And when I say that, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
falling asleep over there. Wake up, Danielle. Well, when, I, when, I say, when I say that, and the, the reason for that is neither of us are, um, you know, ne- neither of us have much of a, we don't have a taste for drama. Or in the jealousy was never an issue. The like, you know how when you get in yeah. your early in a relationship, the rocky stuff <clears throat> was more like, are we, are you sure? Yeah. I don't, or I don't know if I'm sure. Are you sure? You know, I knew second date, I think coming home from the second date, I was really, I was upset. I actually, and I don't cry easy. And I started, oh no, this is going to be serious. This is big. <laughs> I, I was living on my own. Things were going good. I, you know, I wasn't looking for anybody, really. I what you know, it was like he showed up. You know, it's like, of course, that up. yeah, big time. Um, you know what's interesting is I feel like you guys embrace the like the both and like I feel like it's not like black or white or yes or no it's like what if we just meld this together and you know make this work because you're yin and I'm yang and that's okay this actually is perfect because uh Ken and I are in a group of coaches on Facebook and I, uh, of people who know Ken or have been students and, and, and colleagues and everything. And so I posted this, this, uh, like, we're going to have Ken and his wife, Danielle on the podcast. What questions should we ask? And this was actually one of them. Yeah. Uh, it, it was actually what's needed to be a strong, independent individual with a connected, loving relationship from Morgan Ruth. Oh, man. Oh, so, yeah. That's great. Trust. trust. Yeah, trust. Trust is big. For sure. You know, and I think that's where I was going with the jealous thing. I mean, I had dated people in the past that were like, where were you? Like, you know, I, I remember saying, you know, I just want to hang out down here. You know, I don't feel like coming into the city or whatever. And this wasn't with Ken, but, and they're like, where are you? What are you doing? And then I, I would run into people the next time I was with that person. They're like, they were really worried about you. They figured you were dating somebody else. I'm like, no, I just wanted my own space. And I think that's, you know, we've never really had an issue with that. It's like, you you want to go and grow and take a coaching class, go ahead and do it. Let's just figure out, how, you know, I'd say the biggest issues are probably that facing any couple are finances. Yeah. Um, and that's the, that's the area where you can lose it the easiest, I think, you know, and, and that may just be me personally. Um, I don't think so. I think no, it's no. Pretty it's, much everybody. <laughs> it is no. the number one thing we hear about. Yeah. All right. Well, communication is really. I. He was raised a little bit in a non-confrontational family, yeah. a bit. You know, because there there are a few incidents that happened between the two of us where their family, you know, a member or two of their family is like. <clears throat> You know, but we were working it out. You know, it's like, and they're like, wow, that's great. And you're like, I'm from an Italian family. We're going to lay it out here. Okay. Yeah. And I was from a very confrontational family. Unfortunately, in some ways it was like whoever bangs the table the hardest and yells the loudest wins. (laughs) Whoever's loudest and Um, has more breath in their lungs can, can, wins the, wins the, the discussion because there's more, yeah. Yeah, we're not, it's all discussion. We're not, we're not arguing. We're having a discussion. I'm right in this discussion, by the way, and you're wrong, but it's not an argument. It's a discussion. 
Yeah, so so Danielle pointed to the trust, which is a, so absolutely. The other, you know, there's there's a lot there, there's a lot to it. You know, that whole that question could be a, 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 a two three day workshops with six months worth of uh, homework in between. Yeah, um, and and the there's a, there's a few things that pop to my mind right away, and one of them is, you know, w- one of them is. Um, a, a willingness to to discuss things when they come up to not to not wait you know that's that's key and i think a commitment to that as well you know commitment to be in yeah. the commitment to be in conversation um regardless of the topic you know yeah. whether it's money whether it's whether it's sex whether it's you know how we're raising our children or child slash child children um uh, all, all, all of it, and I think, and I think that's another that's another piece we can point to. I know in our, you know, in both of our families of origin, whether it was loud or not, you know, uh, we in both of our families of, of origin, you know, uh, my folks married sixty something years before my mom died. Your folks married. 50 something before your dad died um you know both come from long uh you know long from families of origin with with uh where the relationships were long lived um so that's another key piece the other one i want to pepper in here which i think is really is really really important um is that you know, we 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 have done, you know, we have done some work together, and because we did have our rough spots, you know, we 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 spent some time um, in counseling mm-hmm. early on. Well, we had like two couple of rounds of counseling. A couple of rounds of counseling, you know, uh, which was which was which was brilliant. You know, it was it was yeah. it was brilliant, and we were both. You know, we we saw that we were in we saw that we were in turbulent waters and um, mostly due, you know, in in retrospect, mostly due to the differences in our personalities and uh, which is like a whole conversation for a whole other time. And given that there was still a commitment, you know, uh, I I think I I, I can't it was I think it was it was I who. who suggested it and yeah. you were right away. It's like, okay, if you think that's necessary, then let's go do it. So there wasn't any, you know, that's your problem. Go do your work, figure it out and come back. That was, that, that has never, ever even entered the equation. Yeah. So there is, and, and you pointed to this before Danielle, you know, you said I, there's a, you know, one of the things I'm sensing in this uh, about you two is that there's a yes. And, and I think whether we knew the language back then or not, that was, you know, that was really part of where we came from, whether we would call it yes and or not. So, yeah, that. And oh, there was coming, another piece that I was going to say, oh, but sorry. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. But go ahead. I, that was perfect because Ken just said yes. And she goes, and. <laughs> yeah, and. <laughs> that we were both, if not actively seeking, at least open to personal growth work. He had done the... We um, both had. We yeah, both we had. both had done the S training before we met each other. Back in the day. Separately. Um, you know, and 
actually during our first date, ended up dropping a little bit of jargon and figuring that piece out. That was our second date. That was at the Indian restaurant. He said, I'm bad and wrong. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i and i and i think the commitment to working it out but i think the piece you need to speak to is how are you strong and independent yeah i mean because we're because can into working a relationship but that's not saying how are you a strong independent personality and staying that way um which both of us are and uh, yeah i was built that way Referencing the initial fa- uh, message on your machine. Yes. From well, day one, right? It, yeah. It, Personality-wise, it's like, you know, it, it, I, if I disagree with you, I'll let you know. Um, if I want to do something a particular way, I'm, I am more flexible now than I was in my youth. But, um, <laughs> um, but we are also, I, you know... Ken went on his coaching leadership leadership journey and he would come back and say, Oh man, I fell in love with these people. And I'm like, great. You know, and apparently when people are on that journey, a lot of times, you know, one person's just going, growing and going, you know, and the other is sort of like, And it, that didn't. Either not, or so, and sometimes, sometimes threatened by that. Yeah, and it, that I wasn't threatened by it. I thought it was great. He was doing what he had finally just found out that he was meant to do with his life, which was great. There are times when I was just sitting there going, like, "What am I doing?" Because I had a twenty-year career that I just kind of dropped, and there was so I went through a period of coaching, but I also did. Um, in the early to mid 2000s started doing a lucid living Work, workshop which both of us have done um i started with a series and then he went the following year and there were a couple overlaps and we've continued with that so i love how you're saying like you could have received it as like yeah oh you think you're better than me now or you know it could have been threatening but instead it like it called you forth to to say like okay well now what am i doing like um, there's something that I need to explore and I'd love to do this. And instead of taking the, you know, oh, now he's radically different from me. So now we're not together anymore. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a story to tell that I, that I really love. This is one, this is, this is one of my favorite Danielle stories. Don't oh. tell anybody. So, um, don't tell anybody on this podcast. Don't tell anybody. I don't on know podcast. this one. So, or if I do, I Actually, don't know you that do. I know it. Um, so during my days of my core curriculum, I'll give you the short version during the days of the core curriculum, I, uh, this, this woman that I was going through the courses with and I just kind of, you know, we, we clicked and, you know, um, you know, really fell head over heels in love with each other. And, um, after my, after my last course, um, you know, the words had been spoken that we, you know, we were fall, that we had fallen in love with each other. And, you know, there's a story behind that, too, but we don't need to go into that. That's a story for another time. Um, but the bottom line was, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, this is really going on. And uh, I, 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 I was driving home from Providence, Rhode Island. Lovely drive, by the way, between Providence, Rhode Island and Freehold, New Jersey. And not. And um <clears throat> The 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 I ninety five the gift the I ninety five the gift that keeps on giving anyway yeah um 
So, and, you know, I'm driving home and I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm all knotted up about this. It's like, okay, now here I fall in love with this woman and I love my wife. I don't, you know, we're here, you got a new baby at home and I don't understand this. And I have absolutely no intention of, of, of leaving my relationship, but this showed up, blah, 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 blah. And I'm talking to myself and um, I get home and Danielle's still awake and she's sitting there reading a book, which is what she does. And uh, a lot. And, uh, and, and uh, before I do anything else, uh, you know, I, I sit down on the bed and, and, I, and she said, well, how was your, you know, how was your course? And I said, well, you know, it was, it was, it was great. It was really, it was amazing. And, uh, and I'm, and I've, I've got, there's something going on here. I got to share with you. And she said, okay. She puts the book down, looks me in the eye says, okay, you know, what's going on? I said, you know, uh, I got to tell you, there's this woman in, in my course and, you know, I just, we just, we, we just fell in love and I fell in love with this woman. And she very calmly and soberly says, first of all, she says, you know, I had a feeling something like that was going on. I'm like, okay. And, and, and I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't, you know, I love you and, you know, I don't know what to do. I'm really kind of lost here. And she said, you know, again, look at me right in the eye. She says, you know, if you were doing all this work on yourself and you didn't fall in love with people and people didn't fall in love with you, I'd wonder what you were throwing away your money on. Hmm. Oh, oh, oh. And at that moment, it was just like... <laughs> And, and and so so two different pieces one of them well actually there's three one of them is it became really really clear it's just like oh my god you know uh, that part of my job you know part of my job in the world like part of my job in the work that i do in the world is to fall in love with people fall in love with people but it's part of my it's part of my work actually yeah still true to this day the other piece is oh my god you know I know, I know where my, I know where my bread is buttered, baby. You know, yeah. this is, you know, to have that level of tolerance and, and acceptance and, you know, in the relationship and, and, oh my God, you know, I, I, did I win the lottery or what? And, um, and, it's and yes, yeah. what's that? So it's a two way street. It's a two way street. Yeah. And, and, um, and that really, I think, in you know, if there was if there was ever any doubt up until that moment, it kind of all evaporated. And I and I tell that you know, I very I share that story because it it's such a beautiful indication. It's such a you know, it is it, it's such a beautiful story about being in. And this is the other piece that I was going to add with to to the to the trust piece as well as the other stuff is that. You know, I think in many ways, whether we had the language for it in the beginning or not, ours has has always been an adult relationship. Mm. You know, and as I look out into the world, I, I know this is true in the in the in the in the in the men's work that I do. You know, there are not a lot of examples that we have of uh, of of walking, talking adults in, in relationship and leadership positions uh -huh. and, 
you know, and, yeah. and, 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 you know, I, 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 I count my blessings, you know, that, that my, the relationship that I am in has, it has been and continues to be and is and grows day to day, week to week, month to month as an, as a conscious adult relationship. Mm, and it feels so solid. It feels yeah. like very grounded, um, very foundational, like very um, like that you can anticipate how the other person is going to be going to react sometimes yes sometimes no but and having said that well sometimes yes sometimes no and having said that what 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 the what what's what's key here is that you know because there'll be times where you know and this is language totally thank thank you lucid living for this language it's so useful you know there'll be times where um i i'm, I'm caught in my own a wounded child or adolescent or whatever. And Danielle stays and, you know, Danielle approaches me, you know, firmly grounded in her adult. And there are times where she is, where there were times where it just flips, you know, and, and, and the, the, you know, I think the key is, the key is knowing the timing. So we don't both show up in our wounded morphs at the same time. Or or when that that happens. uh, Then we don't go to our critical that we don't that we don't yeah that yeah. we don't invite the critical like, parent yeah. in it's, yeah. But, yeah. but there's you know it, it's uh, oops, the, oops sorry um the you know that i think in many ways has been part but you know has been a key piece of our foundation and it's and it's where we know individually and collectively it's where we know to go to recover mm. yeah I oh love gosh. it feels like it feels like a very safe space you guys um the two of you and oh my gosh I'm so happy that you guys were able to join us on the show today um so I just want to know like I'm sure our listeners have fallen in love with you guys of course because you're doing what you do and um how is our how is the best way for our audience to connect with you what you guys are up to all that People want to get in touch. Uh, people want to get in touch. Uh, my email Ken at Cirrus, as in the cloud, C I R R U S Coaching, all one word. Ken at CirrusCoaching.com. We'll throw that and and Ken's website in the show notes to be sure. You guys, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so yes, much. Thank you, and <laughs> thank, thank you so much for having us. Yeah. It's been a delight. I love our job. I do too. Is it because we get to hear our own voices all the time? No, no. It's <laughs> because we get to talk to so many amazing people. Oh, yeah. I love that we get to to talk to these incredible experts and these amazing couples, sharing their stories and their wisdom and everything. And like, it's it's just it's so much fun. I, I love it. All right, I love you it. you got to know Ken because yeah. of your um, yeah, growth we talked about journey it a bit in, in the conversation in coaching. Yeah. And he actually shares, uh, I was just floored when he shared about how he was on his coaching journey and he came home to Danielle with a sh- that shocking realization sure. and how they navigated that so, so beautifully. Um, and it seemed like there were so many things along the way, like there are different ethnicities, there are yeah. different faith backgrounds, and he wanted mm-hmm. a Jewish wife and she definitely was not Jewish. And um, it just got me thinking about 
people with different perspectives. And yeah. sometimes your spouse is that person. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's so easy to go, we may have some fundamental incompatibilities here. Mm-hmm. And I just don't be- believe that. I believe we have some choices to make. I believe we have some mm. some conversations to have. But but a great relationship is is built on those choices to go, hey, there's something here. Let's let's create together. And I love it. Like you think of when you get married, you're going to be like the yin and the yang. Like mm-hmm. you're going to perfectly complement each other. But along the way, you know, sometimes those differences can really be those like conflict points more than the yin yeah. and the yang kind of thing. So and that's we're, what we're talking about this month. In tribe too. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so now the talk about it segment of the show. And now the talk about it segment of the show. Each week we challenge you to set a time with your spouse to have a conversation that matters. All right. So here's the question. Where do you need to accept more of each other's differences? Not Mm, accept, but accept. Embrace those differences of your spouse. Accept. A-C-C-E-P-T. Is this a spelling bee challenge? Well, you said not accept, but accept. And to the average <laughs> listener who's not like thinking about that, they're, they're driving down the road going, what? Okay, so let's have Accept, a... as in receive fully. Embrace Not it. accept, as in... The exception. Make an exception for it. <laughs> No, that, that's well, what we call tolerating somebody. Is no, no, them. we're talking about like where do you need to embrace more of your spouse's differences? All right, all right, that is our talk about it segment. Uh, find time this week to have a conversation with your spouse and pose that question where do you need to accept more of each other's differences? That's it for today's show. As always, we're talking about all the hot topics from the podcast and so much more in our free community on Facebook. So you come can... join the conversation at legendarymarriage.com slash community. Yeah, you can find this episode and the show notes over at legendarymarriage.com slash one, three, four. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Don't so, forget. So we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Woohoo! Thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Hey, it's Danielle and Justin reminding you once again. Don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary! Legendary!